Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. Let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact me, there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. If you would like to send an email or an audio file, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. Or you can also call into the voicemail at area code 206-745-2731. 206-745-2731. If you go to the website, there are buttons for Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can follow me on those if you would like. There also is a donate button. Thanks for listening, and I appreciate your participation in the show. All right, we're live. Hey, my monkeys, me and Ken are going to talk about... Uh, Black Mirror, which right now is streaming on Netflix. I think you can get it probably on through Amazon or maybe even Apple TV and that stuff too. Now, it's been a while since I've actually seen it. Uh, and the series, there is, uh, I, I believe there's three seasons and there's three episodes per season. Yeah, and yeah, I, very very british way of doing yeah yeah their their series yeah which i found out one of the ways one of the reasons why they do that or at least part of the reasons maybe is because the way that they do the contracts there Hmm. so a lot of times i guess the standard contract is you'll be you'll be there for um you know for three seasons or something as general like a like unless you're like a big star and can demand something else Mm mm-hmm if you're just a regular actor, you usually, if you get on a series, you'll say, okay, well, I'll agree to sign this three season contract deal because at least I'll be guaranteed work if it goes. But then what happens is a lot of times what they'll do is when that third season comes around, they'll Mm -hmm. kill you off and bring somebody in new. So you can't get like like big money. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. You can't demand, you know, yeah. So your, your salary going up. Yeah, so you just end up dead. Yeah, <laughs> you're just <laughs> off in the off in the distance, off in the dirt. So on this one, on the in the first series, it's primarily to deal with um, sort of how technology can affect people, and it's it's mostly about kind of in a negative manner uh, how it's it's sort of taken uh, taken over people's lives and and not so much like to the individual level, at least in this episode, it didn't really deal with that as much, but just in, in the first episode, it's the overarching influence, I guess that technology has on the everyday person, but also even on the people who are in power, like the elected officials and stuff. Right. Right. Kind of the power technology has over the people and in turn, that as power is put on the people who are in power. <laughs> yeah. Saying, so that, because the, with, with the, um, 
because information is so readily available, it's used to put a lot of pressure on the political, the people that are in political power. And it's used as a tool kind of against, they, they use it against the people, but then it's also in a way kind of used against them. Yep. So in this first episode, it takes place in England, and this is a, a British show. Uh, it takes place in England, and the prime minister, let's see, I'll pull this thing up here. Uh, his name is, I think, Michael Callow, and the, so these are the right. characters' name. And what happens is one of the princesses gets kidnapped, and they make a demand of him and of course the demand of him is and this is kind of normally on the show we'll say okay we'll talk up to a certain point and then we'll do spoilers but with this the spoiler comes so it comes right out in the very beginning it's like in the first what three three to three minutes or so maybe oh yeah totally yeah um, it comes so if you haven't seen it i would suggest like just turn this off go watch it it's on this episode's only about 45 minutes and then come back after after you've seen it, because I kind of had it spoiled for me um, when I heard about the series and everybody was like, Oh, you got to see it. You got to see it because this happens. I'm like, Oh, I wish I hadn't, you know, but it would have been nice to go in cold. So were you able to go in cold with it? Or did oh, yeah, you get spo- I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. So I didn't even, when I, when I went to watch it today, I didn't even really read what came up on the screen on Netflix about the episode or anything. Yeah. I just clicked on totally blank as to as what was going to happen. Yeah. So here's the big spoiler. So anyway, this, uh, uh, princess Susanna, who is probably what in her early, early to mid twenties, something like that. Yeah. And probably. she's, she's kind of, I guess, based on a little bit like on uh, princess Diana a little bit just with her popularity. So she's like super popular. She gets, ends up getting kidnapped. And then what this, what the kidnapper demands is he says, Hey, you got to have sex with a pig. And he demands the the prime minister. Yeah. To the, he says to the prime minister, if you want her back, you got to have sex with this pig. And of course live on television. Yeah. And and they're all networks. And he gives, and he gives all these series of demands where he says, you can't fake it. You can't do this. You can't do that. It has to be, uh, what did he say? Like Gonzo style or something where they called it, I think in the show where, where the, uh, the camera is just constantly walking around. And of course what they're, what the people in power are doing is they are constantly looking at the polls. Well, what's, what does the public think? And this guy is like, no, I don't want to do it. It's, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's like a, a, an abhorrent act. And then also, but the, I think they're kind of the, one of the other main reasons for him is because he knows it'll end his, his political career or he thinks it will. Yeah. And as time goes by, the public um, basically kind of demands that he go through with it. Right. And then right. his... That's uh, kind of because of some of their, the follies of how they deal with the situation. Yeah. And the, the public sort of turns against them. Yeah. And then part of it was, at first people were like, no, he shouldn't do it. And then they were going to try and uh, get like this porn star dude to come in. And they were gonna they were gonna try and like CGI everything, right? And you know try and up, upgrade the technology to make it look. They were gonna be able to put his face on the guy's body and 
do all this other stuff. And it was one of those deals where technology kind of bit him in the ass a little bit because as this porn guy's going in, somebody on the street like snaps his picture and then immediately uploads it. And so the word gets out like, oh, here's this porn star guy. And he was going over by this government buildings. And so then the kidnapper, you know, gets word. Um, I'm, I'm fuzzy on it because it's been so long since I've seen it. But I'm fuzzy on the actual timelines. There's, there's at one point where the press, the British press basically agrees not mm-hmm. to go public with it. Right. Um, right. But then the guy, the, the kidnapper... Who and I guess we'll just go ahead and and talk about this part too. The kidnapper is actually he's like some type of uh, like a media artist, mm-hmm. and he is trying to basically make the point of that people are too they're they're watching YouTube and they're watching uh, television and they're doing too much and they're not going out in the world and they're not having interactions. Um, at one point, they. They're like, well, how do we even know that we've got her, that, that somebody has her? And I think they send a video um, to the government and then it gets released, I think, on YouTube or something like that. Well, what happens is that the guy himself actually didn't send the video to the government. He just uploaded it to YouTube. Oh, that's right. That's right. And yeah. so they were going to try to quell it or you know, the prime minister wanted to quell it, but he, they're like – we can't. It already got out. We shut it down on YouTube. But you know, by the time we got to it, this so many people had downloaded it, copied it, and re-uploaded it. Yeah, that there's so no way viral. to do it. Yeah, because it was something like it had only been on for like ten or fifteen minutes. Right, right. But that was. It, but at that point, it was too late, and the British media was going to keep quiet. They they had a blackout on the story until CNN released it and by this point so many i mean the general public had seen the video so they were like you know why isn't the media covering this what's going on yeah yeah. and cnn released it and then that kind of broke the the doors wide open yeah and then there was one of the reporters um i think she goes to try and track down like where they are uh but at the same time the military is going in to try and track down to try and find the kidnapper right they sort of narrow down to where they think that the kidnapper and and the princess are and uh because the there was this reporter from i don't know i forget if she was from bbc or or what but she has an inside man essentially uh who's been leaking information to her and she figures out where the police are going to go to try to rescue the princess and shows up there yeah, and yeah, because the inside man is actually from the prime minister's staff or something like that. He's right, like a lower exactly. level guy or something. Yep, and um, that was actually sort of a a funny situation. So I guess I could go ahead and spoil that. You know, like when when the the police go in and raid the place, it's a setup. The guy had set up uh, a proxy. Yeah, um, you know, and that was actually transmitting from somewhere else. Uh, but the police do catch the reporter. She decides stupidly to run so that she can have what she caught on her camera or her phone, you know, to try to release that. Well, the police, not knowing who she is, end up shooting her. Yeah. 
And they, they just they basically shoot her in the legs and disable her and then destroy your phone. Yeah. Which in real life they would have just like blasted her apart. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they wouldn't have shot her in the legs. I mean we were talking British police. I don't know that I don't know their SOPs too well, but <laughs> in, in the United States she'd be dead. Yeah. Well, I think it's sort of like everybody shoots for center mass, no matter who you are. Yeah. But uh, unless they really, you know, unless they, you know, wanted to. Well, I guess in theory, maybe that it would make sense kind of in the in that story in that if if she was just there, maybe manning the equipment, they would want to question her about like, oh, OK, well, maybe she can lead us back to the real kidnapper or something like that. Right. Um, at one point, too, they also. They send in a finger or a finger is sent into them from the kidnapper. And he says that with like her, one of her rings or something that's, that she's known to have mm-hmm. and they verify, Oh, this is the ring. And then they're trying to get DNA off of the finger, but it's going to take, it's going to take them like a day or so. And the kidnapper has said, you've got to do this on live TV. You've got to go have sex with this pig on live TV tomorrow. And it's not going to be enough time to get them to verify it. And so the long and short of it is all this other stuff goes on, all this other stuff happens. And of course, you know, he's torn is in, you know, should I do this? And really the only reason he's torn about doing it is, is it going to save his position as, as prime minister? His wife is basically saying, you know, under no circumstances, can you do this? You'll be a joke. You'll do this, but then you're going to lose your career anyway. So if you're out, you might as well, go out and just say, we don't negotiate with terrorists or, you know, kidnappers or anything like that. And at least you kind of keep your dignity. But it turns out that the, uh, like we were saying before, public approval part, not, I guess not approval, but public opinion is that they want him to do it. And so he eventually agrees he's going to do it. They're going to, you know, they go into all this stuff about how they're going to like sedate the pig and have it eat um, and it's also a thing where he can't just like, you know, give a couple of strokes to the pig and say, I'm out. He's got to like go to completion. Yep. And <laughs> what's funny is that I guess they get him all Viagra up and they give him, did they give him like some like sedatives as well? Like, so he can, he's kind of, cause it seemed like he was from what well, I remember the sedative to the pig. Well, they I thought, him Viagra. yeah, but I thought they gave him something else too. That would kind of like dull his, dull his mental state mm, a little bit, but maybe so. not. Maybe it was just, I think he was like kind of having, maybe they were showing him sort of like having almost like a panic attack as he's, you know, as he's making his way into where the pig is. And I tell you, it yeah. was, it was, that was stressful. It was unsettling. Yeah. But when he walks into that room and then you actually see that pig there and it's not like a cute little Wilbur pig. It's a giant like female sow that probably weighs like what? 150, 200 pounds. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> when my wife and I were watching it, we were like, Oh, they Oh, <laughs> and then what, what's really interesting is it shows what they had, what they had done too, is they were imploring the public you know, this is going to happen, but nobody watch it. Don't watch it. You know, it's, it's going to be broadcast on TV. It's going to do this, that, and the other. But, you know, if you don't watch it, then you don't give in to the demands of the kidnapper type thing. You know, you, you're not, they were trying to make it say, like, if you watch it, you're kind of complicit in the act. Yeah. As well. And, of course, 
it shows when it's time. Let's say it's going to be like at four o'clock or something. So when at at uh, like three fifty nine, it's doing shots of the city of London and and places all over the. If I remember right, it does places like all over the world, and the streets are just deserted. Um, there's nobody out. Everybody's in pubs. Everybody's in bars. Everybody's you know glued to the TV set. And of course, he goes in there and he starts doing it. And what was interesting is like it, sh- it started showing the reaction of the crowd, mm-hmm. which at first people were like, oh, you know, kind of almost like that, uh, like a like when you watch Jackass or something like that. And you're like, oh, you know, they, you kind of look and kind of look away and the people are kind of think it's kind of funny or this and that. And then as the guy kind of keeps going on and as he's screwing the pig, it, it flashes back to other people and then people sort of start like their faces kind of fall. There was, there was one guy I remember in particular, they showed his sort of reaction. He was watching it first and then you see his face Mm -hmm. just kind of crumble and he, and he kind of sort of realizes kind of what's going on and, you know, and, and so I thought that was really good how they, they did that and showed the reaction of people. Eventually they, they, at first they wanted to see it, but eventually they're like, Oh, you know what? This isn't right. And we shouldn't be watching this. We shouldn't be doing this. But they didn't stop. No, they didn't. <laughs> um, and then what happens is while this is going on, so basically like at at uh, 4 o'clock or whatever, you see the princess is walking across this bridge. And then she kind of collapses. And I guess maybe the point of it would have been that if – if everybody hadn't been in the off the streets and watching the TV or waiting for this event to happen. Cause I think he released her like an hour or a half hour before the actual like four o'clock deadline for him to start. Mm-hmm. So that in theory, if somebody was out and saw her, they could have gotten word to him in time to had him stop and not do it. So he wouldn't have had to have gone through with it. Anyway, she, she stumbles up, turns out what the artist guy did is he, had cut off his own finger yep, and sent it in. No, I, and I guess, I don't know, maybe he took the chance that it would, they wouldn't be able to get the DNA. And that was one thing I thought, uh, you know, maybe they could have, and I can't remember if he took the fingerprints off because you would think she'd be fingerprinted. So he did, did they say in the show, did he do anything to the finger? I don't think so. Because but you would, he, you would that think. That was the only part that really seemed that was the only part of the show that seemed hokey to me because when they, when you see the finger, the cut off finger in the newsroom, it looks very obviously like a female's finger. Yeah. And that was the thing. Cause like you would say, Oh, that would be a man's finger. You know, he would have just as a man would probably have bigger and different shaped hands, or maybe he would have like, you know, hair on his knuckles or something. Right. Yeah. So, it just did totally didn't strike you. And I guess, because you're, I don't know, because you think, well, at that point, you don't think that it, I guess they just set you up to think that it's the woman's finger so that, you know, yeah, I psychologically, mean, you just automatically accept that. Yeah, I mean, there's, and that's really about one of the only kind of plot holes that I thought was, that I kind of saw, because I thought, well, wouldn't they, and I also thought too, well, Let's say if he had like carved off the fingerprint or something so that they couldn't do it th- from that way. I would think though that they would be, because it would be the government doing it, they would be able to maybe rush the test. I don't know enough about genetic testing to know 
if it's something that you take the samples and then it takes maybe 24 hours for it to work. Mm, um, or I have if, no if, idea. If it's something to where they, you know, you could get it done in a matter of a few hours or if it takes, if it literally takes, you know, a, the, the fastest you could get it done would be maybe 24 hours or something like that. So I don't know. Um, and we've kind of skipped around here on the timeline and everything, but it turns out, so he, he does the act, he completes it. And then it turns out that it shows it, it's what, like a year or, or so later, maybe. Um, and it shows the prime minister. He's still the prime minister. He is like playing soccer or something with some kids at a, like a youth center. If right, I, if a year I later. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's a year later. And I think there is a, um, like a newscaster or anyway, somehow, and you'll, you'll know, how do they, how do they tell us that basically, oh, his approval ratings are actually higher than when he was first in office before, right, even before right. this stuff happened. Right. Um, and I can't remember if it's just like a, a, uh, like an, an, like an over thing, like what's what they call it, like a voiceover or it's like one of his staff or something tells him. But of course, you know, he, they, he, and his wife is with him and everything seems to be all kind of honky dory. And, you know, she seems to be behind him and supporting him. And, and of course, remember she was just dead set against this. Um, mm-hmm. Not only for De- him. Devastated. Yeah. Not only for yeah. him, but also I, because I think uh, for her, like the humiliation that would, you know, that she would get, uh, basically being associated with that, but also for, I th- didn't they have kids or did they not? Uh, she, they had a baby. Okay. That and was I, all, that's the only kid you see in, in the show. Yeah. And I think what part of her thing was is like, Oh, it won't affect the baby now, but 15 years from now, you know, when our, when our kids, you know, 15 years old or, or when, you know, when they hit, when he's old enough to, he or she's old enough to understand stuff, right. this stuff is going to come out because it's, it's always going to be there. There's going to be an actual, you know, film of you, no matter what we do to suppress it. And this is something that our kid is going to have to deal with, even if you move on. So uh, anyway, it goes and it shows him he's, he's as popular as he ever was, maybe even more so. But of course his marriage is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows when they go back into the house, he is still trying to, I don't know, maybe repair the marriage or something. And she just wants nothing to do with it. Um, Mm -hmm. She goes up and and leaves him or something like that. And you can tell that uh, she'll, she'll be willing maybe to go out uh, and do public appearances with him. But when they're back home, it's just like, nah, you're, you're pretty much just dead to me. Yep. You know, I can't. And which I thought was interesting. I, I wished I would like to have seen a little bit more of that like that part of it. Um, but I, I know it was only like 45 minutes or so, uh, but I would definitely recommend it to anybody that if, um, even, even if you kind of listened to it and haven't listened to the, listen to our show and you haven't seen it yet, it's still worth watching just because of, there's a lot of things that we skipped and there's a lot of subtleties that you get when you're actually watching the show, uh, and a lot of little things that you'll kind of pick up. So, I reckon I thought it was um, probably as far as something like a twist or a stunner, 
type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that before. Plus, oh, you know, one of the good things I guess you could say about the show is that I, from the moment you realize what's going on, you know, three minutes into the show till the end, it's just, um, it's just stress. You know, like it just keeps poured on like that kind of edge of your seat sort of anxiety. You know, yeah. You how get, is this thing going to resolve? You, yeah, it, it it was very stressful the whole time. So you really kind of feel for him and you kind of feel and he's, you know, he's not he's I guess what you would say. He's definitely like a typical kind of politician, mm-hmm. you know, so in some respects, kind of like we were talking about before we came on air. You know, our whole political situation is just in chaos and in turmoil right now. And we've basically got the choice, you know, between a, what is that what they used to say on South Park, between a douche and a turd. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed how they played off of the the thing of where they're like the, the polls. They, they were going to the polls like constantly to try and figure out what they should do instead of just saying, no, this is what we're going to do. And this is, these are my principles and I'm not going to go away from those. You know, you really saw how they were just going to, whatever way the wind was blowing, they were going to do that to keep themselves in power. And yeah. uh, you see how like, uh, how uh, seductive power is and, and all that stuff. And uh, you could, it was interesting to see the turn on him from within his own cabinet, you know, because there were powers outside the cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. His cabinet. And, you know, people who looked like his employees at first, and he was, you know, even yelling at and like at one point putting hands on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. to speak, turns around and like they're his boss in a sense. They're like, you will do this or this will happen. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there a part where they were saying something like, if you don't do this, you're, we're going to, and we're gonna like vote you out or something like that, and then you're not gonna have any. They were gonna ruin him and not provide provide any personal protection for him and his family. Yeah, because the uproar is gonna throw him totally out in the cold. Yeah, because the uproar would be, well, this is our beloved princess, and you didn't, you could have stopped it, you could have saved a life, and what is a little bit of, what's a little bit of humiliation compared to the life of a person. Right, I guess is what they're going through, which brought up another point. Had that been you or I who was over there as a tourist and got kidnapped, uh, they'd have been like, well, sorry, you're going to die. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Or right. had that even been a common uh, a common citizen or, or British subject over there who was just like a regular person, you know, who was a guy that, you know, uh, or a, a girl that worked in a movie theater or something over there, there would have been no way that they that that guy would have done it. He would have just said, no. You know, we're, and that would have been that same thing if we don't negotiate with, uh, you know, with terrorists or kidnappers or or whatever. Uh, you know, we would try, but then they obviously wouldn't do it. So uh, I thought it, it it gave some interesting social commentary on who not only would the political people in power, who would they say, okay, this is who we gotta sort of, this is who we're gonna go this far for, but also mm-hmm. what the public, who the public would say, okay, well, you've got to go this far for her as well. And again, had it been like you or I as a tourist or some lady that works in the theater, they would have just said, nah, bad stuff happens to good people, but you know, this, we, this isn't right to go and, you know, have bestiality to, to save her type thing. So mm-hmm. 
overall, what did you, would you recommend it? Or like, would you give it a kind of a high score, low score, like on a, is it a definite watch or a skip it? I, I think it depends on your personality. It's, it's hard. I'd say probably most of the listeners, to this show would, would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, all a bunch of weirdos. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you just, if you're going to go watch it, you have to, you know, obviously we've spilled everything at this point. Yeah. But it's a, uh, it's a very dark um, look into both technology, human nature, you know, all, all that kind of things. It, it's a very grim episode, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the human nature part of it. Um, and that kind of like I was saying before, you know, who that thing of, you know, who who does the public and who does the political powers deem worthy, you know, in, in a, a manner of speaking, deem worthy of going through with that act. Right. And I think, uh, honestly, who they had as sort of the, the bad guy, you know, when you when you find out it's not like it's not a terrorist group, um, you know, it's not uh, like ISIS or somebody like that that's done this it's this interpretive artist you know yeah. who's doing this sort of as like an artistic stunt it sort of uh it sort of makes you feel hollow about how the whole thing went down you know just it makes that that much sadder that you know it's like this one guy who has this kind of twisted vision of playing sort of a prank on all of society through social media it feels like all of society has been had by this one guy who calls himself an artist and this is his art you know uh, and then he kills himself yeah and I don't know if we mentioned that before that um, that he that he offed himself that yeah what he did is he released the princess like again like you know right you know probably about a half hour 45 minutes before the thing was supposed to start and then one of the shots that we see is we pan back to him and he's hung himself. And then I can't remember if he left like a little manifesto or said what he was doing. I think he did. And I can't remember, like I said, it's been so long. I can't remember exactly how we find out about it, but that's, you know, again, that's what we do is we see his, it's sort of his warning uh, through art of saying, you know, yeah, you've got to, technology in and of itself isn't necessarily evil but you've got to step back and you still have to engage in the real world and you still have to uh you know have a set of values and this that and the other thing and mm -hmm. and uh, you have to make connections with real people that type of stuff so and it's interesting you know in a way you know when you think about like the, on a larger expanse of sort of like social media like how many friends we have on social media that we've never met in person Again, I don't see that necessarily as a bad thing or anything, and I'm not saying like this guy did, but you know, I I think his his whole thing was you know if you you can't have only your only friends or your only interactions be kind of through the electronic uh, the electronic form, like you were saying when you very first see it, it's because I thought oh there was like I said I had it spoiled for me that that. And the part that I had spoiled for me was, because I turned it off right after I heard it, was they said, oh, this is the act that he's going to have to do. Mm -hmm. But they didn't say whether he was going to go through it or not. So I didn't know 
and, and when we were watching, I didn't know whether he was actually going to go through with it or if they were going to try and get stuff around. So I had that same experience that you did of, Ooh, this is, this is kind of uncomfortable. This is a little stressful to watch. And even knowing that it's, that it's all fake and this, that, and the other thing, it was still, you know, cause you do, there's part of you that kind of feels for the guy and feels for what he's going through and how he, um, I think part of it speaks to a little bit of when you're sort of in that no win situation and there's kind of no way out. Now he, in theory, he had a way out. He could have said, I'm not going to do it, but he sort of felt that he didn't have a way out. Right. Right. That, that, you know, he just, he had to do it. There was no other way for him to, to, to survive in the world or that type of thing. I don't know. I really, he he got destroyed any way he looked at it. Yeah. You know, through the process, he yeah. survives politically, but personally. Yeah. And I guess ultimately though, I'm sure he, he, I think he chose to, to, he chose his political career over his family. And of course that's why his wife just can't stand to look at him. Right. Uh, right. So, all right. Well, Hey, we're going to wrap that up for, um, the first episode of black mirror and in the season, like in season one, uh, there's two more episodes and hopefully Ken and I will be back and we'll kind of go over those. We may do it a little bit differently where with the other episodes and Ken's only watched part of the second one. They're a little bit more traditional story in that you you can kind of go from A to B and you don't have this big giant reveal sort of right up front. So we may be able to do it where we'll we'll be able to get to a get to a certain point in the story and then we'll stop and say okay here's where we'll stop and then I'll I'll add in the music and then we'll come back and then we'll actually talk about the end of the stuff and we'll talk about these are uh key plot points and spoilers and this type of other thing and how it actually ends. Now I've seen I've seen the whole three seasons and actually the third season I think in, in Britain it went for just two and then they didn't really pick it up. And then I think maybe Netflix, or I may have it wrong, but I think maybe Netflix kind of helped them finish up their third one. And the third one is more of, let me see if I can get into it. It's a, it's a longer, it's a longer episode, but it's more of kind of like an anthology thing. Uh, and I actually liked the third season. I thought it ended quite strong. Um, so for you guys, you know, if you want to go and check it out, there's also, they do reference stuff kind of from different episodes, but you, you wouldn't have to watch it to, to pick up or see on it. And then also another thing, and you don't get it so much in this one, but in some of the other episodes, some of the later episodes, it seems like some of the technology is a little bit more advanced and in a, in a couple episodes it's, it's much more advanced. So you know that it's into the, it's somewhere into the future, maybe 20, 30 years or so into the future. Um, but it's not so different where the clothes look different or the style looks different or anything like that. And in a couple episodes, it's, you know, it's very far off into the future, but in a couple other ones, the way society is, is just like, Oh, it's, it's been, you know, 10 or 15 years. And there's been advances in some some of the technology that they're using. Mm-hmm. So I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Unless you got anything else you want to say about this particular episode? 
Uh, just uh, really good. It's it's commentary on some of the possible negative effects of social media are, are really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's all I really say is for his commentary on the on the episode as a whole. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, like I said, we'll go ahead and wrap that up. Uh, and what we'll do now is we'll maybe talk about uh, from both of us, and I'll kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Um, what are some of the maybe either recommendations you have, like books or movies or other podcasts oh, or anything like that, that that you think are pretty good or something that's kind of interesting? Definitely. Um, one thing that I've caught a couple. No, I've, I've watched three of the four episodes. So on Netflix as well, there's a show called Cooked. Um, and I'm spacing the 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 main guy behind the show but he wrote a book called the omnivores dilemma oh so yeah 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 and, it, and the show is called cooked and he goes through um four episodes and they kind of base it off of um like there's an episode on air and earth and water and i forget what the first one is fire fire okay. is the first episode so he's sort of goes through um, using four kind of elements, I guess you could say. He looks at a, an aspect of cooking and how human civilization has developed this sort of aspect of cooking and how it not only not only did humans developing cooking or, you know, we changed society by developing cooking but that in turn changed us biologically yeah and and socially like it was a it's almost a weird two-way street of something we were doing affected us you know in the in the long run it's like i said we've watched three of the four episodes so far and the first two are particularly profound i think to me Hmm. um what he goes through and talks in that um so i won't really spoil anything about him or give you know a whole lot more commentary on that show but that's that's a huge recommendation um for me especially since i think you know probably i might be making judgment calls but i think a lot of your audience might be you know not uh not crazy doomsday preppers types, but you know, but more opt to be what armed, prepared for for things, store food, that you know, that kind of whole thing. Um, I think that they would appreciate this guy's angle. Yeah. Um, on kind of what he has to say about food and how, especially in the last you know, 50 years, how food has changed. I think it's a really interesting message. Um, yeah. I'm going to check that out. That sounds cool. So that is a really, really good show. And I think each episode is like, you know, close to an hour. Okay. Um, so it's not really, and it's not like super heavy on the philosophy. It's actually just a really interesting show. But if you really kind of pay attention, there there is an underlying philosophy, I think, that he imparts to you about food. 
you know, and, and our connection to it and how some people have lost that. Yeah, the, um, well, one of the interesting things they talk about, you know, once we, we became more of an agrarian society and then, oh, what was the thing called? Um, there was another similar thing where it was called, uh, was it Food Incorporated or? Oh, Food Inc., yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I think we- I, I have yet to watch that one. It's kind of it's kind of sobering mm-hmm. when you watch that when you actually see how a lot of our food is processed. Mm-hmm. Um, like when they talk about in one, and I I think it was it was Food Inc. and they were doing this. They talked about how because the the uh, beef lots are so jam packed and so dirty, and that the 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 cows actually have like manure and stuff on them. And so when they take them in and they slaughter them and then they're going through the thing, the meat is kind of so contaminated with how they process it that they basically put it through ammonia Ugh, right. and the ammonia kills everything. Right. And then what they do is they somehow they get it out and then they put it through another process where there's actual, like dye in it because the ammonia also kind of bleaches the color out (laughs) of the stuff. And then how they they talk about, and I think it was in food incorporated, how they talk about, there's this guy who's a farmer. Let's say he's in Wisconsin or wherever he's at. And he has people lined up basically around the block because he raises all his stuff. He kind of, you know, like free range stuff and, and doesn't use the chemicals, this, that, and the other thing. And he was processing his chickens outside and he had these like big funnels. And what he would do is he would take the chicken, he would stick the chicken in. So the head comes out at the bottom end of the funnel or the narrow end of the funnel. He'd cut the chicken's neck and it couldn't squirm or anything. And then he would take it out, dunk it in hot water, and then process the stuff. And he would process it up on a table. And then the government came in after him and said, oh, it's unsanitary. You can't do it this way. And then they actually, he ended up going to court. And the the way he got around or got permission to still do it was his, his uh, packaged chicken was actually cleaner than like a store-bought one. Mm-hmm. So it had less contaminant. Both were clean. Both were fine for human consumption, but his was actually cleaner even being outside because you had like the sunlight would disinfect stuff and, you know, and then, you know, they would clean stuff off. So, but it was real interesting. That gets me to thinking there was this other one and I've, I've, I saw it years ago on maybe it was like PBS or something like that, but it was called uh, waste, waste equals food. And it was a documentary and it was about, uh, there was a guy who was an architect and there was another guy who was a scientist and they kind of got together and the, they, they were basically saying, well, in nature, there really is no waste. Even if, uh, you know, a tree falls over or there's a forest fire, something benefits from it. So nothing really goes to waste because everything has kind of evolved over time to, uh, you know, if there's elephants crapping all over the place. You got dung beetles that come and eventually clean it up. If there's, um, you know, certain plants die off or their leaves drop, it helps with the soil or it helps Mm -hmm. with the microbes. You know, there's all this other stuff. And so what they were trying to do was to get a philosophy of, well, we should be able to do that in manufacturing as well. We should be able to do that in, in recycling. And the one guy made a point. He said, well, nothing, he said, the way it is now, most stuff doesn't get 
it doesn't actually truly get recycled. It just sort of gets repurposed and eventually it ends up back in a landfill, maybe in mm-hmm. a different form or in a smaller form, mm-hmm. but it eventually that's where it goes back. And so if you could ever find that, I've, I've had a hard time finding it, but I thought that was a fast, it was a very, very fascinating look at how we can, we can use technology and we can use what we know to do things in a way where it doesn't pollute more or it doesn't make the situation worse. And in a lot of times the long term, your initial upfront cost may be a little more, but the long term cost and the long term effects, because you don't deal with uh, toxic waste or toxic chemicals or this, that, or the other thing, you end up paying less overall. So, and they did a thing where he went and helped, they helped clean up like some of the Ford plants uh, that were in Detroit Mm, that needed mm -hmm. to, you know, have all this other stuff. So it's fascinating. If you guys could ever find it, that was, that was just a, um, in a way it's a show that kind of gives you a lot of hope, but then it also kind of is like, uh, why aren't we doing this stuff the right way in the first place? Right. Oh, what was the name of that one again? I, I think it's called waste equals food. Um, let me pull this up here. And then uh, I think I mentioned maybe on the last Firearms Cafe or something that uh, I was reading. I'd gotten a, um, yeah, it's Waste Equals, uh, yeah, Waste Equals Food. Okay, I'll have to go searching for it because it's not on Netflix. Yes, it's Cradle. So, and the way you would. streaming anyway. Yeah, the way you would find it is it's Waste and then the actual equal sign food. And then it's also parentheses Cradle to Cradle. So if you'll Google that, it pops up pretty quick. And there may, it may be, you could probably maybe even find part of it on YouTube or part of it on, on that, or you may be able to get it on, I'm trying to look. Maybe it's uh, on Amazon. Probably. It may be on Amazon. looks like this was from back in 2009. And there was a guy, William A. McDonough. And then I can't remember the science, the scientist's name, but he was Michael like. Michael Brongart. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's very interesting. But anyway, the, the other book that I was reading or that I'd picked up, I actually got it at a thrift store, was Andrew Napolitano's Lies That the Government Has Told You. Mm. It, it is really good reading. This was done a few years ago. Um, but it's very interesting. He goes over stuff like, you know, what, what do elections mean? What does the Second Amendment mean? What does it mean when the government says this? What does it mean when the government says that? And when he talks, the interesting thing about the Second Amendment, when he was talking about that and about the, when the Bill of Rights came in and, and how it happened, and there were, other, there were certain states that wanted to have very specific wording, but, but it didn't get put in the way they wanted. And in some states, I think like Pennsylvania or something like that at the time, their version of what the Second Amendment was going to read would be like that the citizenry can keep arms primarily for defense of self mm. for, and then it was, and then it said for defense of their, their state, uh, meaning like, you know, so the state of Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, whatever. And then the, and then for defense of the nation and there will be no restrictions placed upon the citizenry uh, unless it has been proven by law that there is, you know, a certain thing. And they, but they, what they were really talking about was the individual. Cause it starts out that it's for individual self-defense and for protection, which, you know, I, 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 when I saw that, how that was written, I thought, Oh man, if that was how the second amendment was written, mm-hmm. it would have just, you know, it would take away every argument that the, the P 
people on the opposite side have. Of course, almost everybody that not everybody, but most of the people that listen to this show are are uh, probably pro gun or at least at least they know my position on it. And if they still listen, they're they're fine with it, whether they agree with it or not. Isn't you know doesn't matter to me that much. Um, everybody's entitled to their own opinion and all that stuff. It looks oh, kind of getting back to that waste equals food. It looks like there's a although I thought it was longer. It looks like on Vimeo. Oh, there is a like a like a 50 minute thing. Now, I don't know if, if you have to pay for that. I know sometimes on, on uh, YouTube or Amazon or well, Amazon, you have to pay, but sometimes on YouTube, you can like rent the movie for two or three bucks or something like right, that. Right. That they have. And you get it like a little bit higher quality and stuff like that. But yeah, if you can find it for free, give it a watch. I would highly, highly recommend that. So you got any other books or movies or anything you've seen lately that you'd recommend? Mm, no movies. Per se, I've really just uh, we we've been wrapping up a lot of different series, uh, you know, like because we watch a lot of Hulu Plus as well, and it, you know, I was different than Netflix in that you can watch a new show week to week. You don't have to wait till the season's finished. Yeah, uh, like yeah. you do with Netflix. Um, so we've been watching a lot of shows week to week, you know, sort of kind of our regular shows. Um, one that I don't know if this, if you could consider this a guilty pleasure kind of show, <laughs> but, uh, there was one on, uh, Hulu that we really enjoyed. It was called American grit. Huh? And it was, uh, it's, it's a reality type show, but it's a competition type show where people had to physically compete against each other um and it's just they it's kind of i guess a lot of ex either military or ex-military would people would probably really enjoy it because what they they do is they they recruited up this this group of civilians who all had relatives that had been in the military but they hadn't been Mm -hmm. and then they sort of team them up and give them one ex-military person to guide them through this competition, you know, and be like their mentors and oh, okay. uh, kind of their coaches and stuff. And and then they just put these people through the ringer as far as like some physical challenges. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a very long season. I don't, I can't remember exactly how many episodes it's like. Somewhere between eight and ten, I think, ep- total episodes. And one of the things I wasn't sure if I would like or not was the host of the show was John Cena. Okay, yeah, and yeah, I, I think I, he was a wrestler or something. Yeah, I, I've never been a wrestling fan. Yeah, you know, um, so I wasn't wasn't sure how I was going to like him. But actually, he he was kind of cool to watch through the show. You know, obviously, you're just seeing snippets of him really for the most part. Yeah. Um, kind of like when um, oh, what's his name? The big libertarian guy that does a podcast now used to used to host. Uh, they were sort of a dare show that he used to host on NBC. Um, oh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that, you know. Like you didn't really see a lot of him through the whole show, but he has a a part to play in it. Yeah, and. Uh, Anyway, it was fun. It was just neat to like sit there, root for your team. You know, the guys you ended up, the team you ended up liking, or the whatever. It was it was a fun show. 
Um, not super, not obviously, you know, wasn't intellectual to watch it or anything, but it was just neat to see people really push themselves yeah. through these physical challenges. If you, if you like that there and I, oh, well, well, I'll talk about this here in a second, but we've been doing Hulu plus as well. And at first, the first kind of few days I had it, I thought, oh, am I going to like this? But I actually like it. I probably think I like it a little bit better in some ways than Netflix. I mean, they both have their pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. With us for the Hulu Plus, I thought, you know what? For the $4 extra a month, I just don't want to deal with commercials because I'm so used to not oh, dealing yeah. with commercials. So uh-huh. I paid for that. I think there's a $7.99 thing, and then there's like an $11.99. And I went ahead and did the $11.99. And right. so, we, so do you, you have to see any at all? Any commercials at all? None. Well, I'll take that back. But I don't I haven't watched these shows. There's a show called Grimm and a show called there are a couple of like three or four other shows where I think contractually they have to show a commercial to be able okay. to get it on the thing. I haven't gotcha. watched any of those, so I haven't seen them. Okay. But so let's say the show uh, that my wife and I have been watching called Wayward Pines. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. on Fox, and we just finished the first season of it, and we're going to watch the second. We're starting it on the second one, and that's one of those things where it's ongoing. So there's there's a new show. We're, we just watched the first episode of the second season, and I think we're maybe four or five behind, but then we'll be caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is it comes on. They show, like, at the very start of it, they show – it's almost like you're seeing a, like a preview, not even like a preview. They show like a little, like five second thing of one of the characters from that show. Mm-hmm. And it just says uh, like, you know, it says like, you know, wayward pines, you know, every Thursday at seven or something, a new show comes out and then it, boom, it goes right into the show. There's no commercials. There's no interruptions. You can pause it. You can rewind it. You can fast forward it. it it's not like fast forward on a DVD, obviously, you know, as you know, but it's a little bit better fast forward system than I think Netflix has in mm. that with Hulu, as you fast forward, it jumps like 10 seconds or something and goes back 10 seconds. At least that's how it does on our setup. But I really like it. I think, and it's, um, once you start kind of watching certain shows, it'll, it'll give you little things. Oh, you might like this, which Netflix kind of does that, but oh, you, right. uh-huh. you can get really kind of deep down in there in their menus. And I found some pretty cool shows. Uh, like I said, we like that wayward pines. I've watched some, uh, some, I'm a, well, I'm not like a super big fan of anime. There's certain anime that I like. Um, some of the Japanese, if somebody who's listening is like, what's that? But it's basically just like Japanese animation, but it's a lot of times depending on the studio and depending on the, on the, the subject matter, it can be, um, bye. bye. Yeah. Okay. It can be, um, a little bit more adult in nature, mm-hmm. but one of the things that when you watch anime that you sort of have to, to, uh, realize in the kind of a style that they have is you're dealing a lot of times with archetypes. So, some of the stuff can kind of come off as a little corny or a little like, ah, you know, why are they going on about this? Or they, they really, you know, even a person over in, in that culture wouldn't really react that way, but it's because this is sort of an archetype and they're trying to get maybe a certain point across. But there was one called 
which you might want to check out called Parasite. Hmm. And what it's about is these parasites come to Earth, they embed into people, and then they go up into the brain and they take over. And this one kid who's like 17, he wakes up and he sees this thing and it goes into his arm and then he takes his, he's listening to his iPad at night or something and he takes the, the his headphones and he kind of ties off his arm and the thing can't get up into his brain. And so it basically inhabits his right like his lower right arm and hand. Oh. And then the creature has, is a sentient being and it, you know, it forms like this little eye stalk out of his finger and it forms like a little mouth. And, and so it's really, it sounds weird. And mm-hmm. if you can get maybe past that first couple of episodes, I really enjoyed it. And again, having, having said that there is a lot of that kind of archetype stuff. Um, but it, it it was interesting, and then that led me to another one called, oh, what the heck was it? Um, it just flew out of my brain. Um, there was one called, I think it was A-J-I-N-N, Anjin is how they pronounced it. And it was sort of about these, that they're, the, they're kind of a, um, an aberration sort of in human development where they have certain powers they can manifest like kind of out of body uh almost like for lack of a better word like a ghost that can interact with uh with the physical world and they can kind of control them so that was interesting uh and the one i've just started watching is called gangster and uh that's that's relatively interesting it's about these two guys that are kind of sort of like uh they 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 are sort of in the underworld, but they're not in the underworld type thing, and they're kind of fix-it men. So if you have a problem, you call them up, and then they'll go and take care of it. So they're kind of like an almost like an anti-hero. And then one of them was a former uh, military guy who was um, altered, and so he has like you know super strength and and all this other stuff. But he they get it through drugs and so it's it's pretty interesting some of the you know some of the stuff Hmm. Uh, and of course those are definitely for adult they're not you know you're not going to sit there and watch that with your 10 year old kid or at least you shouldn't (laughs) i should say so um but i'm trying to think of what some other uh on netflix we watched broad church and we finished that up which was pretty good i haven't gotten into doctor who since i was a kid Mm. Um, but it has the guy David Tennant who I think plays one of the the recent iterations of Doctor Who Uh, and he plays I I know the actor you're talking about I've watched him in another series that I really like but it's an HBO series which one is it Uh, it's called The Leftovers okay there's two seasons of it and it's a phenomenal show yeah if you like him um, he's also in, he's the villain in, uh, on Netflix on, in Jessica Jones. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, he cool. plays, he plays the main bad guy, which it was one of those things where when I was watching it, it was like the first episode. I'm like, eh, do I really like this person? I don't know. And I, I think I did a, a little bit of a, maybe a driving show, you know, where I was in the truck or something. And I talked about it a little bit. Um, but she's definitely kind of a hero who's she's kind of a she's definitely kind of like an anti-hero and she's kind of a she's kind of unlikable. Oh yeah, I think 
I heard you talking about this on maybe the last episode or the episode before that of yeah I think a couple episodes ago yeah on on this show we were talking talking about about that show and then um, Daredevil both seasons are good but holy cow um, John Barenthal who's from uh, Walking Dead right right plays the Punisher and he steals the show Uh, and in the first season um, the guy who plays Wilson Fisk or who's the kingpin, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's kind of a bigger dude now. He was Private Pyle in, oh, the movie with that gunny sergeant, the Glock dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Uh, yeah, that is, um, oh, man, I can think Vincent, of his character. Vincent, uh, Vincent he was, he, he Vincent was a something. law and order for so long. Yeah, Vincent DiCaprio, no, not DiCaprio, Vincent um, DiNardo. I think that's it. I think it's Vincent DiNardo or something like that. But anyway, he plays the Kingpin, and he's really good. He sort of steals the show from that. And then what they're, like I talked about in that previous show, what they've kind of done is, so the some of the characters from Jessica Jones cross over from Daredevil and vice versa because they're sort of in that same world, and so they're trying to use some of the same actors and some of that same stuff, kind of like Marvel. Well, I guess it's all Marvel. I think they're all Marvel characters and properties but supposedly the punisher is going to get his own his own show on netflix that's what i was hearing and i'm hoping they're not going to kind of sanitize him down to make him more uh palatable i guess for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. you know because part of the when the when the comics first came out i read the comics and he was kind of a brutal a brutal guy he was kind of sort of a, a take no prisoners kind of dude and he and you kind of got that guy in the Daredevil series. So you sort of had him and they didn't, you know, he was kind of a like a broken person, but it'll be interesting to see how they how they do. Hopefully they'll keep him kind of on the fringes cuz he was always sort of this guy who's like you're he's sort of the hero and yeah, he's doing stuff, but it's like, eh, does he kind of cross the line? And I remember one of the stories in the comic books. In the comic books he has a um uh, like a like kind of like an assistant guy that sort of you know helps him do stuff and helps him run stuff behind the scenes hmm. and kind of keeps him supplies or or supplied and will will sometimes follow him on on uh, missions that he's going to go on and that way he has a, an escape route out because he's got a guy down there waiting for him. Gotcha. And in this one part, in the one story in the comic book, he was going to kill like this kid who was you know thirteen or fourteen who was selling drugs on the street. And then his his sidekick, who was a guy named Chip, who's an, who's a guy who's his age. He's not like he's you know some teenage kid or something, but who was a guy who was in his forties. Is like, hey man, you can't do that. You're going to cross the line and this and that. And so that was a real interesting story that they did in that particular issue about you know where does this guy need to draw the line? And, and he sort of in one hand knows what he's doing is wrong because he's a vigilante. Uh, but you know how far does he go? When does when does he crossover from becoming what he's trying to stop type thing so uh, but that like I said that was a, a comic book story which I don't think they'd ever do anything like that on the show but hey I tell you what I think we have uh, jibber jabbered for quite enough I think we're we're crossing over into an hour okay so um, other than that I think we will well do you think you maybe uh, well next week I think we may 
we might be out of town, but maybe in a couple of weeks we can, if our schedules will allow, we'll get back and we'll talk about, why don't we try and talk about episode uh, two and three? That sounds fair. And then what we may want to do, if you have time, is we may want to go back into, I started watching that uh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, which I'd is love in, to, which is interesting, very interesting. Peaky Blinders, that's another huge recommendation I have for people because yeah. I I really liked that show, especially the first and second seasons. Yeah, and that's a Netflix original, I think. I think that was one of the shows that Netflix did. Right. Well, they they contracted it, they bought it off. Oh, okay. BBC Four, I think, is who produced it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we can do a thing where we. Um, We'll do maybe a little bit of Black Mirror and then a little bit of Peaky Blinders. And then what I may try and do, um, I talked to Sid about maybe coming in on some Black Mirror stuff with us. This was a long time ago, but I'm sure he'd sure he probably still be interested in doing it. It was just we have to figure out a time when we can get all of our schedules and stuff together. So That would be super cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, we'll draw the show to a close, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, and we're done. Excellent.